Hey there, I'm Amanda Marcotte and this is How to Be a Badass-ish. The truth is, we're all badasses, we just forget. Because we also forget that we're human and sometimes we fall on our face. Join me in celebrating all life's failures because ultimately, that's the only way we grow. Hey everybody, so welcome back to How to Be Badass-ish. I'm Amanda Marcotte, in case you forgot. And uh, today I want to talk about my favorite line from one of my favorite movies in the 90s. The movie is The Matrix, and when it came out, it totally blew my mind because The oracle in that movie gave such profound instructions to Neo. Open your mind. You always have the choice. And above her kitchen door where she offered him cookies and said, here's what you can expect. This is exactly what is going to happen. And that's how most oracles work. Most psychics, clairvoyants, all of them all of us, we get this information. And when we present it to people, people always seem to think that there's, it's written in stone, right? Like, okay, that is absolutely 100% going to happen, but there's two sides of it. The first one is when you know the future, you change the future. It's literally that simple because once you know it, you suddenly realize you always have a choice. And that's the other thing that she said in there is take this cookie. And once you walk out that door, you're going to realize you don't believe in any of this crap. And above that kitchen door, the thing that she pointed out was a one statement that encompasses kind of everything that I have been focusing on and working through and really, really, really making sure that I am I am studying every single day. And that statement was simply this. Know thyself. That is it. Now, here's a funny thing is it took me 37 years to be able to tell people without joking, without embarrassment, without any sort of, I know it's kind of off the wall or like any, any sort of introductory to prove that I'm not crazy to say, yeah, I'm, I'm actually clairvoyant. Like I have downloads come to me all the time. I know shit that I have no right or reason to know. And it took me 37 years I've had this gift since I was about four. Uh, That's the first time that I vividly remember telling somebody something that I shouldn't have known, especially as a four-year-old. And um, it scared the shit out of them. And that was my realization that, oh, you you have to keep this on the down low. Now, here's the interesting thing is through my (laughs) crazy life's adventures and mishaps, and complete catastrophes that have happened. When everything fell apart in 2018, if you've listened to this podcast at all, you know I've referenced it quite a bit. Long story short, I literally was working myself to death. 
I was literally putting my life in the hands of people who didn't really give two shits about me and assumed because they had paid me small amounts of money, they suddenly owed me. And even when I would raise my prices and I would have harder boundaries, I always noticed that the people who would pay the high prices without question always had more respect for my boundaries, more respect for how I worked, and more respect for my needs than people that I would donate things to or discount things for. So that was another lesson that I learned. But when everything completely fell apart, one of the things that I decided is, you know what? I'm I'm going to take that oracle's advice. I'm going to know thyself. And what happened over the next 18 months was I started to deep dive into all kinds of personality tests and quizzes. And I had kind of sort of scratched the surface a little bit. I remember quite a few years back, I had someone that I worked with, one of one of the rare clients at the time that I still enjoyed uh, months later. Um, and she was a DISC, D-I-S-C educator and like professional. So she would actually go into corporations and businesses and she would do this whole DISC assessment and actually like help the, the company learn how to work with these multiple personalities. That was my first introductory to this, like real introductory. And at the time I had also kind of started to dabble a little bit in astrology. Like I always knew I was Capricorn. I always knew without question, I fit every description of a Capricorn I had ever written or written, excuse me, ever read. Um, and so I was, I was very, my, my curiosity was very piqued about doing this disc personality thing. Surprise, surprise, not. I am an extremely high D and an extremely high C. And basically what that means, best analogy I've ever found for a disc is um, when I was actually selling Mary Kay and MLM and I and I had a massive team and all kinds of things. I'm actually going to interject because this is kind of the epitome of my personality before I knew what any of these tests or psychological things or like the real deep dive into astrology. Um, when I sold Mary Kay, I was 20 years old when I started. I was driving a car that was falling apart at the seams, quite literally. It was held, to held together by duct tape, and I am not exaggerating on that fact. The jockey box was held together by duct tape. My visor had duct tape and Velcro to make sure it would actually stick to the ceiling. The console had duct tape on the on the top Um compartment because the top compartment would not latch and the bottom compartment would fall or excuse me, the lid to the bottom compartment would fall open all the time on my hand when I was trying to get stuff. So I had duct tape around the, the middle compartment lid and the actual lid so that I could get in there. Um, I couldn't get into the passenger side door and I couldn't get out of the driver's side door. Um, the dashboard lights didn't work. The headlights were pointed down onto the road. So I had high beams on at all times. Otherwise, I, could, I couldn't see where I was going. And nobody, 
nobody ever uh, like flashed like I was having the high beams in their eyes because the headlights somehow had started to angle down. And I always knew when I hit 65 miles per hour because the car would shake violently. <laughs> so, so when I found Mary Kay and the director at the time said to me, you can earn a brand new car, my ears perked up. And I said, tell me exactly how. And she did. It's the same for literally everybody. You sell X amount of product. You have X amount of team members be recruited. And as a team, you all sell X amount of product. Now, here's the caveat is they say you sell this amount of product. They don't actually mean sell the physical product. They mean that you put in an obscene amount of money between you and all of these team members. And so you're buying from them, not necessarily selling to make money. That's that's the gray area that they forget to tell you. So anyway, um, because they also said to me, you just have to do five classes a week. Five people, you do all of these steps five times. And I literally went, yeah, that's not that's not going to work for me. Like I could totally earn the car. Like I get those pieces. I, that's 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 going to happen. I promise. But I'm not going to waste my time five days a week doing the exact same thing when I could just kind of smush them all together and do it in one day. And I did that. I would have these massive parties where these hostess, uh, if for anybody who's in an MLM, this legitimately works. And if you are um, an introvert, this works even better because you can hide behind your computer and do all the preliminary stuff to get it set up and then actually go and serve the customers without being drained and exhausted because you're putting so much energy out there. So every Saturday, I actually rented a church reception hall that was on the college campus that I was going to at the time. And I would have five parties but they would always show up at the exact same time at the exact same place. So instead of having five people there, I had 25 people there. And then I started to recruit my team members and I taught them how to do the same thing. And within a couple of weeks, we're having parties with 50 and 60 women. And it was just, it was amazing. The organization that we had done and figured out how to get the team to all work together. So everybody was getting the sales that they needed to do. Long story short, I earned a car in three months. I earned a car. I didn't think it was that impressive. And when I went to the district um, conference in Portland, funny enough, this was this was way before I lived in Portland, um, I remember being the number one salesperson in the entire Pacific Northwest. Out of like 5,000 women that were there, I was number one in sales. And I was sitting at the head table. I was getting all kinds of free shit. And I was getting like, people were coming up to me and just talking and telling me like, how did you do this? And I kid you not, just to highlight my personality type, which would have been really helpful and beneficial to learn in my 20s. After probably the 10th or 12th person, I said to them, I'm sorry, I'm very confused. Did you get different instructions than I did? And I meant that statement because from that personality test, the D type of personality test, when I first heard about it, when I was doing Mary Kay, I the analogy that they gave was perfect. If you imagine disc as a car. You have the driver in the front. You have the I as a passenger. You have D-I-S. 
C. <laughs> I always get confused by that. You have the S behind the passenger and the C behind the driver. And basically, and this is a super top surface level explanation, right? So the D is always going to be in charge. They're going to drive. They're going to be the leader. They're going to be the one to give the instructions and make sure that everything goes the way it's supposed to go. Then you have the I, who's usually the cheerleader. They're very excited. They forgot at least one bag that they had packed. Maybe they forgot to tell their husband they were actually leaving, even though they had been planning it for three weeks. Like They're just super excitable. They're the cheerleader. And then you have the... D-I-S-C. S personality, which is usually the, like the mom type, right? The one that has cookies and has snacks and wants to be the peacekeeper and make sure everybody gets along. And like they bring extra bottles of water. They're the ones that are always packing the suntan lotion and, um, you know, the extra band-aids and that type of thing. And then you have the C personality, which has the detailed uh, itinerary, the contingency plans, the, the highlighted and color-coded map. <laughs> All of those things. So when I first took this uh, quiz with this client and she goes, you have some of the highest D and C I've ever seen, ever. I'm like, yeah, that 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 actually makes a lot of sense. And then when I found out that um, I was a Capricorn son, which is basically the personality that you most relate to. I hope I'm getting this right. I always see I'm really good at figuring out my own astrology, but I am really, really, really terrible at figuring out astrology for everybody, everybody else. I don't deep dive. I just know enough to get me in trouble on my side, right? So if I remember correctly, the the um, Sun sign, which for me is Capricorn, is the one that you most relate to. The moon sign is the one that, uh, you know what, I might have to get back to this one because I can't remember <laughs> quite the order. Anyway, I find out all of this information about how they actually work, right? And the more I deep dive, the more I'm going, oh my God, no, I totally relate to Capricorn. I totally relate to being the Scorpio moon and I totally relate to being the D personality. And then I find out that I'm also an INTJ when I'm really, 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 really stressed. Basically what that means is I relate to Gordon Ramsay on a level that is a little bit scary. Um, INTJs in a nutshell very, very logical. And when you're dealing with an INTJ, especially if they don't quite know or they haven't deep dived into the Myers-Briggs type of personality test like I did, um, they don't actually know what their superpower is and what their terrifying power is. And what I mean by that is when Gordon Ramsay loses his shit on those people in the kitchen, I understand why. Because if you show up saying that you are a professional and you can do the job and then you show me that, no, that in fact was a lie and you can't do your job and you're very incompetent, I become infuriated, which is what Gordon Ramsay does. He becomes very infuriated. Like you told me that you were a five-star Michelin chef and you worked at a five-star restaurant, blah, 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 blah. Why the hell can you not cook a piece of fish? So I, I get that, right? But for me. I was only an INTJ 
when I was super strung out and stressed. And when I went through all of the this stuff in 2018 and started to meditate and release a lot and all of those things and really get t- back in touch with my spiritual side, I realized I was much more an INFJ, which is the superpower of an INFJ is we can feel your emotions and we can sense when people are lying. We know what you're thinking and feeling even if you don't think that we do. Um, And we have this insane need to, to make sure that there is justice for injustices in the world, right? So I'm like, okay, totally, totally understand that. I absolutely get that. Yes, I 100% am that. But here's, here's the thing. Here's the kicker. Okay, and this is why I love taking all these different tests because I also recently did the Enneagram 5. I saw a video um, by these two women that do Enneagrams as, you know, in Disneyland and Enneagrams in quarantine and whatever. And so the quarantine one made me laugh really hard because when it got to the Enneagram 5, and of course it's a it's a a farce, right? It's it's totally making fun of like the extreme cases of these anagrams. And these women do a beautiful job at it. And when it got to number five, the woman was actually laughing about quarantine. She goes, I just found out that I have to cancel all of my things for for at least another three months. I just found out that we have to stay at home. And she's laughing hysterically. She goes, I know it's so, it's sad. This, what's happening in the world is really sad. And I I remember telling my husband, I was watching it and I couldn't stop laughing. I said, I know she's totally mocking me, but I think I actually did that. I think when quarantine happened, I was so freaking excited that I didn't have to lie to people and make up stories about why I needed to just be by myself and recharge for a while that I just felt like this massive weight had been lifted off my shoulders. But here's the other side of it. I love taking these personality tests. I love taking them and finding out all of these different ways that, especially for the way my brain works, that I can compartmentalize and I can go, okay, awesome. So from the broad spectrum, I'm an INFJ. And then I met other INFJs and I actually follow this woman, um, the INFJ uh, woman podcast, I believe is her tag. And she posts stuff all the time about INFJs, like as a whole, as a generalized thing. I don't fit all of them. Most of them, yes. I don't fit all of them. For the INTJ, same thing. Most of them, yes. Not all of them. Capricorn, Sun, Scorpio, Moon, Enneagram 5, all all of the things, even love languages. Even with my love language, most of the time, yes, it's quality time and touch. And yet, Right now, my husband took my son camping in a a friend's backyard who has also been extreme quarantine, and I'm alone in the house, and I am so excited about it right now. I can't even contain it, guys, which is not exactly conducive to needing quality time. 
and having touch as your love language. It's also something that I'm starting to realize when you find out more and more and more about you, as long as you don't restrict that piece of, okay, that is my label. I am 100% this person. Like when people, um, when I talk about being witch, I say it in kind of a dismissive way because there's still this weird negative connotation. Like I saw a meme the other day that made me laugh. That was pretty accurate. That said something like extreme Christians seem to think that witches worship Satan and like eat children and like all these things. And what I really do is I go, oh God, those rocks are so pretty. I need 50 of them. Oh, the look at those plants. I'm so happy putting my toes in the grass. Oh my God, the stars are so beautiful. Oh, it's summer solstice. Cool. I need to light a candle. Like that's the extent of it, right? Like think think as chill, hippie, loving planet Earth as you could possibly be. And that's 99% of the women who call themselves witches that I know. Because they're trying to take back that that verbiage of no, it is honoring mother earth and the universe and the sky and understanding that our ancestors from five and six, seven, 8,000 years ago had figured out patterns in the universe. They were so much more, they were so much smarter than we give them credit for. We think because we have technology, we're like the most intelligent we've ever been as a species. And yet um, we, we're literally killing the planet that we live on and people are dismissing it and saying, oh, well, this one scientist out of 45 million said that it wasn't true. So I'm going to go with that guy. Like the the worst and best words ever spoken at a party are, dude, hold my beer, right? And then you know chaos and cops and and probably a hospital emergency room uh, visit is in order. And yet our ancestors, not having technology, not having a cell phone in their pocket, were able to go across oceans and not get lost because they followed the stars. They were able to figure out psychological patterns depending on when planets were doing certain things. Like you can dismiss astronomy all that you want, but 5,000 years of patterns really can't be wrong, right? Like. Just just from the logical perspective, but I'm going to step back because when people put themselves into these boxes and they and they go, OK, that's it. I'm a Capricorn. That's that's it. There's nothing else said done. I have Capricorn friends that I am nothing like like at all, like not even close. We share some of the top surface traits and that's as far as that goes. Right. So it dawned on me that when you're trying to figure out who you are, it's like describing a painting to someone. So learning all of the pieces of your personality and how you are can help you start to actually heal and start to understand how you operate and how you can be the best self for you to make sure that you are thriving, that you are growing as a human, and that you are not being boxed in this container. So you describe this painting and you go, okay, so I have this painting of, let's say, of a ship. That's cool. All right, so you're a Capricorn. Well, that ship is on land. 
oh, so you're a Capricorn sun and a Scorpio moon. Okay. And that ship is on land and it's wrecked. Oh, okay. So that's your INTJ. And, but that ship is being fixed. That wrecked ship that is on land is being fixed. Oh, okay. So that's the INFJ, right? But it's being fixed in a city. So that means that it wasn't moored on an island. And as I'm saying this and telling you all of these pieces, this painting goes from this ship on the ocean, which is immediately what people describe, to, oh, this ship is wrecked. And you immediately think of Pirates of the Caribbean and like the black pearl washed up on the on the shores, right? And they said, but it's being fixed. And you think of the pirates running around. And I said, no, 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 it's being fixed in a city. And your brain immediately shifts gears and you can picture this ship inside a shipyard being fixed by a crew with probably modern tools. All of a sudden, it went from being this ship in the 1700s with pirates to maybe a Navy SEAL ship or Navy aircraft carrier, whatever. I don't know. I, I don't I don't know the ships. I'm I'm terrible at that. My six-year-old son could probably tell you a whole lot more about ships than I could. But it's just just like as a as a as an example, right? So your mind went from many eras and styles and locations just by getting more and more bits of information. And I realized that even by giving you barely any more detail, like, well, that ship is on land, your entire picture shifted completely in your brain. And that's, that's what I'm starting to realize is know thyself is figuring out all the pieces of the puzzle. Real true astrology, not Sunday paper astrology, not like what I don't even know, not like the Vogue astrology sign type of thing, right? But like deep dive into your personality. In fact, Carl Jung, most people don't know this, the father of modern psychology actually said, until we take astrology into consideration, we're only going to have half the picture. So there's something to chew on, okay? Um, but accepting, like, realizing how your levels of astrology, all the facets, not just saying, yep, I'm a Capricorn. Well, that doesn't really spell out much of a picture. That tells me you have a puzzle. It doesn't tell me that you have a thousand piece Harry Potter puzzle that includes all of the house crests as well as the school crests. Like it just tells me you have a puzzle. Um, so astrology, Myers-Briggs, um, anagrams, the, the, uh, disc personalities, all of those, the more I deep dive into it, love languages, forgiveness languages. It's amazing because the more I learn about that, the more I know how I react to certain things. Case in point, Black Lives Matter. They've always mattered. I'm not going to debate that at all. Um, because I've had a lot of conversations about white fragility with people with extreme white fragility. And I'm just, I'm, I, need a, I need a break for a minute. But the reason I bring it up is because somebody actually sent me a DM and they said to me, you say how spiritual you are and yet you seem so angry. Maybe you need to meditate more. 
And it was fascinating to me because I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you're telling me that in order for me to fit in the box of being spiritual, I have to act one specific way. And that doesn't fly with me because to me, being spiritual means that you are in tap, in, in tap, in tap. I don't even know what that is. You are tapped in to your higher self and all the weird quirks, dark places, skeletons in the closet, like flamboyant elements of you in every sense. At 37 years old, I am finally, for the first time in my entire life, 100% confident and content with who I am in every aspect. That includes my insane desire for justice when people are being served massive amounts of injustices, like the Black Lives Matter. It infuriates me on a level that I cannot even yet verbalize. I tried really hard in the last podcast. I'm not, I'm not sure I succeeded, but I'm, I'm talking about something else right now. I don't believe that if you are spiritual or that you are at peace, that you don't have emotions. You can be spiritual as fuck like I am and still be very passionate. And still have emotions. You are still human. That's that's half of the thing. You're still a human. So just because you're in touch with yourself. And just because you understand who you are. And just because you are at peace with yourself. Doesn't mean you don't still have experiences. Doesn't mean that there aren't things that are not going to trigger you. Or make you mad. Or make you devastated. Like... It seems, it seems almost like we're missing the entire point at that moment. Do you know what I mean? Now, here's the thing. I actually saw the perfect uh, quote to encompass all of this. And it said, even a goddess must carry a machete from time to time. There, the Viking goddess... I want to say her name is Freya. I always forget how to say it. Um, she was the goddess of sexuality and fertility and love. She was also the goddess of war. And she would fuck you up. Right? That's what the Vikings believed. They believed in that double side of women and humans as a whole. Just because you are powerful and spiritual and in touch with yourself and in peace with the world and have direct communication with the source doesn't mean that you're not still human and you shouldn't get angry about things that are not okay. Like the fact that white fragility is such a thing that we have a tendency to forget when we, <laughs> when we go off about Black Lives Matter. And I say we because I am a white person and I work my ass off to be anti-racist every single day. But I am still white and I'm still accepting that I have a lot of privileges and I have had a lot of things in my life that um, as a black woman, as a as a white woman, a black woman would love to have. And 
I've never had conversations that a black mother has had with her son. I've never once had a conversation with my six-year-old on how not to die and how to engage with the police to make sure that they didn't shoot you because they couldn't tell if you were six or 16 or 16 or 35. Like, I've never had a conversation with my son. I don't expect I will ever need to. And yet, black mothers have conversations like that every single day with their kids. We are okay locking people up in cages and accepting it as, oh, well, they're from Mexico. They're illegal immigrants. They're, ooh, sorry. <laughs> they are um, they are coming into our country without any, any legal actions for lawless reasons, right? And we're okay completely committing genocide on the native population that actually lived here and forgetting completely that up until like the 1800s, all of Texas and California was Mexico. It wasn't always the United States. Like we didn't come in in 1492 and go, cool, all the states are laid out for us. Awesome, we don't have anything to do. No, 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 no. White people came in and committed genocide. They were here Ill illegally. And so I love that argument when people say, oh, well, you know, I mean, we need to we need to have rules and laws and whatever about the illegal immigrant. No, 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 no. You don't get to make that argument unless you're also talking about the Vikings and the Irish and the Italians. And this thought came to me. This is going to piss some people off. You know how there's always that argument about how we need to close up our borders and we need to make sure that the rapists and the terrorists and all of those horrible people don't come in? That wasn't a rhetoric until after World War II. And I realized that the people that say that usually are very proud white supremacists. And they also, I'm pretty sure, have ties to Nazi Germany, because how would you know that the terrorists and the rapists and all of those horrible people are sneaking in with the masses of people who are just begging for help unless someone in your lineage did it? Because one thing that happened when World War II was over is all the Nazis fled. If you follow Harry Potter, basically she wrote World War II, the end of World War II, into Harry Potter. All of a sudden, all of these followers of Voldemort fled and said, oh, I was under, I was under the Confundus charm and all of this other stuff, which basically means that they didn't know what they were doing. And everybody could call bullshit on it, but nobody could prove it. And it dawned on me that I think some of the Nazi uh, leaders and followers escaped with the masses of people who were coming in just to beg for help and to help them get away from the bombs that were happening in their home. They snuck in. And so that's how they know 
that's what happens if if you let immigrants in and you let refugees in. And it's just something to think about. Something I'm totally going off on a on a complete and total tangent here, but it's something to think about because like I said, I the more that I learn about myself, and I and I finally found the reference. The the sun is your personality. My Capricorn, it's what drives me. I I love logic. I love to argue with people. I love to do research. I love to find real history. And your moon is emotions. It's how you react and your private thoughts. Scorpios are are insanely passionate. They will not stand up um, when they will not stand down when there's an injustice. And that, that is 100% me. Like I, that fuels me. I will fight till the death. I, I would be the white person if I didn't get psychic migraines and I didn't get completely overloaded emotionally and mentally and spiritually when I'm in large angry groups of people. And those protesters has every right to be angry. Every single one of those, I commend them. They are they are fighting an awesome, peaceful fight, and they are needed. It would literally kill me if if I went into that because I would be inundated with all of those emotions, and I wouldn't be able to separate mine from other people's, and it would just be unbelievably overwhelming. Like just even thinking about it gives me pure anxiety. However. If I were to be out in public and I saw the the police trying to attack some black man, I would be the white woman to stand in front of him because those cops are not going to deal with killing a white woman, which I mean, we're that's where the whole Black Lives Matter thing comes in. That's part of using my privilege for good. Because they don't want to have to deal with all the forms and the shitstorm about outright murdering some white woman. And so me using myself as a human shield to protect somebody who is just asking you to leave them the fuck alone and let them live, that's something I would absolutely do without question, without hesitation. And the funny thing is, um, as an INFJ... I can feel the pain that is coming from that person that I would be shielding. I can feel the anger and the hurt and the betrayal that the society that they live in has done to them. I can feel the anger and the hurt and the betrayal from all of the natives who I actually share blood with. I say I'm white because I was raised by a white family in a white state in a white town with white neighbors who had very, very, very white thoughts. And yet I, I'm like three quarter native. Maybe that's where all of the, all of the woo stuff and the source and the connection and everything comes from. I'm not, I'm not totally sure, but the whole point is, is the more that I dig into this, the more that I understand who I am and the more that I learn to know thyself, the more at peace I am with my actions, with my choices, with the way I am, with the way I interact with people, with how I get passionate about certain things and other things I really don't give a shit about. Like I actually posted on Instagram how um, most of my life people have said to me, you're so intense. You're so overwhelming. 
Like you need to turn it down. And why do you like to cause drama? And I hate drama. Everything in every personality test, astrology, all of all of that stuff will tell you that there is nothing that I hate more than drama. But one thing that I've learned with learning about myself, my definition of drama and other people's definition of drama is the exact opposite. So for example, my definition of drama is talking behind somebody's back and on the down low trying to ruin their life and like stalking their Facebook and putting passive aggressive messages and um, just being kind of an all around sleazy person, right? Even if you don't think you're being sleazy, if you, if you're, for example, this is happening to one of my very dear friends and it drives me insane. There is this person who is purposely targeting my friend and um, passive aggressively commenting on uh, Facebook pages and interacting with people that she knows caused a lot of trauma to my friend. She knows this without question. She is also causing a lot of um, unease and a lot of stress in very manipulative, gaslighting, um, deceptive ways. And to me, that's, that's drama. It's like watching Jersey Shore or The Survivor. It pisses me off. Like, I cannot handle when someone beats around the bush about anything. If you have something to say to me, fucking say it. Because I guarantee if I have something to say to you, I'm going to say it. And most people are, they, they, there's, there's, there's been this running joke in my entire life where people meet me. And this was way before I learned why I do some of the things that I do and the personality pieces that I have that support these actions, right? People would meet me and they're like, oh God, Amanda, I just love you. I love how intense you are. And I love how, how just like straightforward you are. And you just don't sugarcoat anything and you have no filter and it's just amazing. Yeah. They always love it until it's turned towards them. Then all of a sudden I'm this crazy bitch that they just don't understand why. Why, why are you so crazy? Turn it down. Why are you causing drama? No, 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 that's not causing drama. That's telling you things that you don't want to hear that I can actually see through the bullshit and you don't like being called out on it. Case in point, there, uh, there was this amazing account that I'm following and because I'm terrible at remembering names and all of that stuff, I, I don't remember who posted it, but it was this, this amazing black woman, um, that is a business coach. Cause I'm so good with faces and what people do, not with the names. Um, she's a business coach and she gives some of the most profound, amazing advice. And she posted the seven circles of allyship. And basically the, f- the first circle is outright white supremacy. It's the KKK. And then the seventh circle is the ideal ally. And everything in between is you just need to focus on always getting to the seventh circle. And there was a person on my feed that decided to comment in quotes. So there's really only one way to be, quote, right. 
and everything else is, quote, wrong. Now, remember how I told you my superpower is seeing through the bullshit and being able to feel the emotions that are happening? And sometimes it's creepy. Uh, I will admit, I'll be the first one to admit, I can actually hear the way that they're saying it, even though I'm reading it in text. Most people cannot do this. Most people can't understand and cannot have the energy exchange through text messages and through watching comments on Facebook. And I can. And I immediately drilled into this woman. I was like, well, actually, let me fix that for you. There really is only one circle to always be focused on so that we are not replaying and repeating the mistakes that our parents and our peers have done. And we are going to teach our children how to do better so that in 60 years, we're not carrying the same fucking signs just like our parents did at the most recent Black Lives Matter march. She didn't like that because I had immediately turned the mirror back on her. And that's something that I've always done. Now, going back to how people have always said, turn it down. Like, why are you so intense? Like, why are you so crazy? Why do you like to start drama? I don't start drama, but I have no problem stirring the pot. And for the longest time, I always thought that was, there was something wrong with me. Like, why could I not back down from bullies? I remember in high school, there was this guy named Jonathan. I'm not going to say his last name because I know a lot of my friends still like him. And he was flat out an asshole. He was egotistical. He was narcissistic. He thought that he was the best thing since sliced bread. He was, he was a bully and he was a dick. And he liked to tease one of my friends. And my friend was very much kind of an outsider. And he had some stuff going on at home. And I knew this. My empathy for him was astronomical. And I remember one time in like English class or something, the teacher had left. And Jonathan started in on this guy again. And I very loudly started in on Jonathan. And I pulled out things about his personality and and basically turned the mirror back on him. He was horrified. He was humiliated. He was angry as hell. And yet he couldn't deny that everything that I had said was true. I've always done that. Always. And like I said, I can't do passive aggressive stuff. I can't. I, I can't do the undermining and like the the survivor tactics where we're all going to group together to do the mean girl Regina George type of thing and make this person feel like an outcast because they're different or because they didn't understand or because they're going through some crap. I can't do that. And I always thought something was wrong with me. And the more I learn about my personality and my astrology and take, I love even the BuzzFeed quizzes, right? Like I could tell you what Hogwarts house I'm in. I could tell you what, uh, what cartoon I would be, what Disney princess I would be. Like I lo- I do. I love taking these, but instead of taking one and holding on to it with a death grip, I'm starting to put this puzzle together to realize exactly how I operate, which is part of the reason I am at such peace with myself. And I feel like I am truly, truly spiritual, spiritual AF. I'm I'm not going to lie. 
And it seems like such an oxymoron because you're either spiritual or you're intense, right? No, no, I don't believe that. I don't believe that especially the people who are going through awakenings right now and and the the mass great awakening that spiritual leaders and the Mayan calendar and all of that has been talking about. Newsflash, everybody, this is the apocalypse. I, I hate to burst your bubble, but things are changing. We have fucked up so bad as a society and as humans that basically the stars had to align to knock us back into a correct timeline because we were about to blow up our own planet over fossil fuels. And we are ripping people apart because they have more melanin or different genitals or they prefer the same genitals to have sex with. Like seriously, when you when you break it down into this logic aspect, all of a sudden you go Humans are stupid. Like, what makes us think that fighting somebody and and degrading somebody and hurting somebody, because words words cause more damage than a lot of things. A lot of things. Um, why we feel that it's okay to treat others like that. We've failed as a species. We're supposed to be the most intelligent species on the planet. And yet we cause wars over not being able to own humans. And we cause wars because one landmass had more dinosaurs that died than another land mass. We have been okay slowly suffocating ourselves and slowly diminishing our health um, because the, you, I really want a yacht. Like when you, when, you, when you step back and you put it at the surface level without the emotion and just use the logic piece, all of a sudden you go, okay, all right. So this great awakening is really awesome and it's happening all over the world. And suddenly people are waking up and picking up the machetes. These goddesses are going, all right, I'm, I'm done. I am done. And they're going to war in the sense of, putting a stop to the stupidity that we have done to ourselves and learning who you are and accepting who you are exactly who you are that is rebellious in itself because for many years, and I've told this story before, for many years I was a dancer and I thought I was, I thought I was like orca fat. Like seriously, I had severe body dysmorphia. And through starting to get in touch with who I am and how I function and what I like and what I don't like and the energies that work for me and the things that don't work for me and the people and like all of that stuff and meditating on a regular basis and understanding that my passion and anger and 
and emotions are and the power that I have behind all of those emotions, I go all out. I go from zero to 90 in 2.5 seconds. It doesn't matter what emotion it is. I could be sitting there and all of a sudden my husband will say something that makes me laugh so hard that I almost pee myself just right there. And 30 seconds later or earlier, I could, I could have been, I could have been annoyed as hell and just want everybody in the house to, to leave. Accepting all of that stuff is a form of rebellion because now I can look in the mirror and go, you know what? I have some sexy curves. Do I look like a supermodel? No, I don't. But I don't think the supermodels even look like the supermodels. Am I super passionate? Absolutely. Do I offend people all the fucking time? Do I care anymore? No, I don't. Because that's part of what makes me me. All those beautiful, weird quirks and and elements and personality things and astrology things and, and talents and experiences. We need to start celebrating who we are. And part of that spirituality side and that rebellious side is not taking what other people say about you as the law. We need to start accepting who we are, who we truly are, and love everything about that. Because when you look at how amazing you are, just as an individual, just as a human, nobody can tell you what you are worth all of a sudden. Vogue magazine loses a lot of clout. Those mean girls from high school suddenly seem really insignificant. Your ex-boyfriend who told you you wouldn't amount to anything definitely becomes the loser that all your friends said he was. (laughs) And, And even something as simple as accepting that you can be spiritual And still protest. Black Lives Matter. You can be at peace with who you are. And still call your governor and your senator in a rage demanding change. Demanding that the cops be arrested for murdering Breonna Taylor. Because her boyfriend is still in jail who legally was carrying a firearm and defending his home while his girlfriend was being shot in their bed, sleeping. And yet he's in prison and the murderers are not. You can be at peace with who you are. You can be spiritual. You can be tapped into your higher self. And you can still be angry. You can still have passions. You can still fight for injustices. That to me is spiritual as fuck. And honestly, knowing who you are and loving every weird aspect of it and never apologizing for it ever again. Yeah. Yeah, that makes you a badass. 
Thank you guys so very much for joining me today and for listening. If you loved this episode or hated it, I would love to hear your feedback. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at howtobeabadass-ish. And I look forward to talking with you guys again soon. Have a wonderful day.